Want to do a quick commercial here for our friends at Daxco. That is D-A-X-K-O. Owners of Club Automation, CSI Spectrum, MotionSoft, BFP Next. These software platforms go beyond the current club software and provide best-in-breed solutions to the Halo sector. They wake up every day. They're thinking about your fitness community. They're trying to enhance your member experiences, the facility, easy-to-use software for the staff. If you're looking to change your software, if you're looking to get ahead, if you're looking to get to the next level in the Halo sector and win, do me a favor. Go to info.clubautomation.com forward slash the experience. That is forward slash the experience. Pete Moore, Petey Mo, checking out. And now back to your regularly scheduled podcast. This is Pete Moore on Halo Talks NYC. I have the pleasure of having a chosen guest from the Ursa Trade Show visiting with us today. Unannounced Melt Method, Sue, with a great history in the industry, and she's going to tell us about what's going on at the Method. So good to see you in person and on audio. Thank you, Pete. I appreciate it. So we've uh, been running in somewhat concentric circles, I would say, from crunch and some of the, uh, you know, other uh, people and opportunities and brands in the industry. So why don't you give uh, the four or five people who don't know who you are listening a, a quick background on uh, on yourself and how you kind of evolved into an entrepreneur? Uh, I will. I'm Sue Hitzman, and I've been in the fitness industry since 1988 as a fitness professional. I uh, started out in group exercise, and uh, I'm an exercise physiologist. I um, work with the human body, and in the late 90s, I got myself into a lot of chronic pain, uh, and the neuromuscular therapy and all the stuff I learned in fitness didn't quite get me out of pain. I veered out of the fitness industry, and today I'm a neurofascial science and research educator. I am a founding member of the Fascia Research Society, and I spend the greater good of my last 25 years helping people alleviate chronic pain by understanding uh, about the system of the body that provides stability. Got it. So are you doing that on a one-by-one consulting basis, or are you doing that through Mount Method? Are you also doing private consultations? All of it, all of it. Yeah. So I've been a, I've been in private practice for 25 years, and I also, um, you know, in the late 90s, after I got myself out of chronic pain working with clients who also had chronic pain, a gal said to me, if you could just invent a way for me to do to myself what you do with your magic hands, I'd stay out of your office. And that was the beginning of my development of melt. And, um, you know, it was by 2004, I helped like 10,000 people in wow. practice and That's around awesome. the world. And so I, I thought, gee, I think I could teach this in a group environment. So I started doing it in group exercise. Uh, and, um, you know, 2008 started doing teacher trainings and things like that. Gotcha. And then a book and then another book. And now we're around the world with 25 hundred instructors and hundreds of thousands of people you know, trying one, the method. One of the things that um, that bothers me in the industry is um, when people provide services that are completely game-changing to someone's life and don't charge enough for it. Mm. Like chronic pain is probably got to be on the top of the list unless you have some really, you know, terminal illness, right, that's, that's not curable or the treatments are just, you know, destroy your human body in the process of, right. you know, 
so hopefully curing you. Chronic pain, you know, I mean, almost everybody, probably 70% of the people, I guess, have chronic pain. It's the dirty point. little secret of fitness, is yeah, it right? not? Everybody, you, I always say that if people eat right and exercise and still have chronic pain. Right. So how do you think about pricing something that changes someone's life? It's a really great question, Pete, because I say this a lot in my trainings, is that people in the fitness industry are exceptional at what they do. They actually are very service-oriented. They want people to feel better, whether they're working with chronic pain or just weight loss, but they have a hard time running a business, a successful business. And and uh, for me, I was one of those people also, and uh, somebody at the time after getting out of pain said, you are not charging me enough. And it was a risk, and it was sort of one of those things, well, I said, gosh, if I I raised my rates, am I am I gonna lose my clients? He goes, you know what, you're gonna lose some, but you're gonna gain more. And right. I went from, you know, $100 an hour, 125, and then I went up to 160. I probably lost three and gained 30. And even in developing Melt, when, she, when that gal said, you know, if you could invent a way for me to do to myself what you do with your magic hands, I thought, I would be unemployed if that happened. And the opposite happened. If you really want to help someone, it, the revenue can come. You just have to learn how to strategize business. And I think business is a part of a practice. That's also what we teach with Melt with our instructors is how to run a successful business. Yeah. Yeah. And just for the, the listeners here thinking about running a successful business, there's really, there's only two variables to revenue and it's units and it's price. That's right. Those are the only two things you can tinker with, right? Simple. So, you know, I see a lot of these companies right now saying, oh, I don't know if I should raise my prices. Like, well, everyone else in the world just raised their prices. Mm -hmm. And we should have raised them a long time ago. True. And I look at these financial statements and someone's like, well, I got this unlimited membership. Um, you know, and I'm like, well, unlimited memberships should be limited because I cannot have all these people coming in here, you know, 20 or 30 times a month and, and, char and they get charged $7. Like, well, I, I've got a... Uh, I got their credit card and it's on EFT and my, you're giving away your service. You know, what can you buy for $7, right? You can't even buy a turkey wrap. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people in our or industry- Or empanada. Exactly, and I think you, you ate most of that empanada. Yeah, that's my, that's, know, that's my there, way towards uh, chronic pain loss. There, there's <laughs> a difference between being a humanitarian and being a business owner. And I hear a lot of people back when I started, you know, they were like, oh, you need investors and you need these people because, you know, you gotta have money. And I'm so grateful because over the 25 years I've been doing this. I have no investors. I did it all on my own dime. I have no debt and a successful business, you know, working to generate enough income to, uh, you know, employ more people so that we can reach more people. But I think you're right. There is a problem in the mindset of our, of the industry at large of fitness in running a business where you're, where you're looking ahead at your bottom dollar and trying to figure that out. I mean, when I opened up my private practice, I remember my, my mom goes, oh, what if nobody shows up? You'll be furious, so much money to spend. And I just kind of did math. I said, okay, if it's, you know, 1200 bucks a month, I got to pay for this thing. If I charge people $120, it means I only have to see 10 people a month. And I was seeing 50 people a month. Right. And, and so I was always yeah. in a positive. And then of course, the other thing is also saving money. Learning how to be a, how to spend, but have your you know your expenses and your revenues not just match, but having the revenues actually be a little higher than the expenses. Yeah, I think what happens is um, you go through these periods of, of of investor euphoria and a lot of headlines that makes you think, oh, I'm missing out on taking in this investment and this chain mm -hmm. got this valuation. Wow. 
I'm better, I, I provide a better product or services them. And the reality is, and for the people listening here, one, you don't really know the details of the deal. Okay, that, that's, right. that's, that's really important. So when someone says they got a, a $20 million brought in and a $100 million valuation, what people don't realize is that, you know, worst case scenario, if this fails, they get the $20 million back first. Right. Okay, they don't share that with you. They don't take a pro rata loss on the deal. They get their first 20 million, okay? Yeah. So the liquidity preference is very material. I bring in $20 million, I'm behind the first 20. So think about sitting on, laying down on a, on a yoga mat and looking up, okay? Right. And just look at $20 million ahead of you mm -hmm. and then get up in the morning and try and run your business, right? And spend the 20 million that you've never known how to spend $20 million before because you never put yourself in that kind of position to say, okay, I'm gonna go deploy $20 million in this rollout and then what do I got to do? Oh, I got to sign leases. I got to hire people. I got to train them. I got to market in these new cities. It's like, do I need to do that? Or maybe what I'll do is I'll methodically grow my business, not taking outside capital from someone that never done this before necessarily. And let me go and control my own destiny and be able to sleep at night knowing that I got X millions of dollars below me for savings. And I'm going to grow this the way I want to and not like jump into like this game that people think I should be in. Well, you know, I mean, I think you're saying a lot there, though, Pete, because there's a whole component of what's your relationship with money, right? And when when all of a sudden somebody's saying, oh, you know, your company's worth this here, I'm going to give you $5 million. They're not really giving you $5 million. You're borrowing, which means debt. And if you're not good with managing your money as an autonomous being, right? Do you have debt? Are you, are you saving money? What are you doing in your own household? Then running a business is going to be flawed. And I think there are a lot of people who have the dollar marks in their eyeballs just looking at the money. And for, for me, I, I guess I, I never really went out to, you know, developing something. I didn't even develop, I didn't even go out to develop a method. I just wanted to help my community get out of pain. But there's a part of it where once you do start to pay your bills, then, then the reality is if you really want to reach more people, you do have to generate more money to be able to advertise for marketing, for PR, for, 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 for social media, all these things that are in our modern times. And for those of us in our 50s, there were, there were none of these things right. uh, way back when. And now that there is, I think we, you know, again, our value to money and how much it costs to do business is something I don't know if everybody's prepared for. I didn't go to business school. I learned it on my own. And I definitely, you know, people always want to say, oh, you know, you're going to miss the pitfalls, but pitfalls are going to be there. And if you're not really failing, you're probably not trying hard enough. And if you have passion, you have purpose, uh, and you have people around you that you can ad be advised from, I think that's what that's what gets you further in, you know, your your business. I think you can't you can't go at it alone. I and mean, if you do, I think that's where the the worst aspect of it is. Yeah, look, I think that the last five minutes of conversation are really important because there's this urge for people to jump in and say, Oh, I brought in this capital, I have this mm -hmm. investor. And it's someone now that you report to. It's someone now that's outside your business that thinks thinks they're inside your business and might know more than you do and you know, a critical thinker or maybe a uh, uncritical thinker, or maybe just an annoyance. So there's a, a, a significant amount of pressure that's put on an entrepreneur. And before you take that money in, I always say, what do you want your life to be? Yeah. And how does this fit in to your life plan? And then just one more, you know, anecdotal story, and then we'll move on. There was a group of um, studios that two women owned in the Midwest. 
and they said, um, we want to replicate this from St. Louis into like Kansas City. And I said, why? And they said, we guess there's a market opportunity. Like, do you want to travel? You know, every day or every <laughs> Did week. Did you think to, it through? Do one of you want to be there? Does anybody <laughs> want to miss a soccer game, a little league game? You know, so think about your life now and and what you want your life to be, and then make sacrifices to potentially get there. Well, and also life happens. Or don't. Yeah, problems happen, right? You know, loss happens, somebody dies, you gotta, you know, you, you lose your house. So I think, it, again, are people, is the person ready to, to grow their business? And just how you're saying, it's, you know, it's people, but it's also personality. And I'm really grateful, you know, I got to meet my my new CEO who came out in January, Brian Anderson, big shout out to Bri. Uh, you know, you have to have complimentary people and people who see your vision. So I wonder with a lot of new business owners in the fitness industry, do they actually have a vision of what they want and have they kind of put it down on paper? Because a lot of times I've heard people say, oh, I'm going to write a book. And I said, what is the book going to be about? Well, you know, and they kind of throw, throw, throw sparkles all over the place. Or I want to run a business. And I'm like, well, what's the business plan? What's the model? Well, I just want you to, you know, give me some money. And I'm like, mm you know, but what's the plan? So again, people, passion, purpose, plan, personality, all these P's. Oh, I get it. You know, Pete, it, it Pete really, Moore. It really, and Pete, right? Right. you need somebody like Pete in your life. But but really, I think, are, are, you, are people thinking through what it is to run a business and not, you know, ready, fire, aim, but but thinking through the steps to get to where you want to go and not get biting off too much. And I think I'm very grateful that, it, you know, when I was in my 30s and really starting to develop this, I met with big business guys who said, you're not smart enough. You, you don't you don't know anything about business. So give us 80 percent of your business. And of course, we're smart enough to do it. And I just thought, I think I am smart enough and I think I have enough potential. So thanks, but no thanks. So it kind of got a fire under my butt that I right. thought, I, how can I do this by myself? And I started there and showed proof of concept. And then as I started to generate money, people were like, what is it that you're doing over there with that melt thing? And right. um, yeah, yeah, so I think I think really thinking through the plan is important. And I don't think every uh, young entrepreneur um, has that. And having an entrepreneurial spirit and really being persistent, there's another P, being persistent about what you want is, is um, really important. Yeah, and just cl closing this out here, before you talk to an investor, actually prove out a prototype and not on paper. Prove it out in real life. There you go. And actually live inside of it and figure out what the special sauce is. Mm -hmm. And then if you think it's scalable and you can replicate it, and then you want to look for money to do that, then you figure out what the options there are to do that. And there are options by licensing that, that you don't take in money. There's franchising where you don't have to take in an investor. You can basically lots give of legal your, problems though. Lots of legal. Um, <laughs> you can take in debt that's non-recourse or recourse. Mm -hmm. Point is, before you talk to people like me or any private equity or venture capital firms or family offices, the get the prototype. That's it. And live in it and say this is the special sauce and let me tell you how it works. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying give me money, I'm gonna go do this experiment. You know, that's not a good way to. That's not the right sequencing. So, melt method. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about bringing in Brian. Let's talk about what the plans are for the next couple of years and this methodical growth, which obviously, you know, is uh, planning, right? Mm -hmm. Is our another P here. And persistence, perseverance, and, uh, you know, the pleasure of actually growing a business. Yes. So I'll think of some other P's while we're going. I love but this. Keep this going. is good. Yeah.
It's going to be like on like a Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood or something like that. <laughs> this, awesome. this, this podcast is sponsored by the letter P. <laughs> brought to you by, I think. Brought to you by, brought to you by the letter P. Put the, put the Mr. Rogers, uh, would you be mine, uh, in, the, uh, in the interlude. Thank you. Okay, fire away. Yeah, so, uh, you know, with Melt, I mean, it started out as, again, a private practice. I was treating people with my hands. And as I started to grow the business and I taught it in group environments, I went from treating one person a day to 20, 30, 40, 50 people a day in groups and decided I think I could replicate this as a teacher training, develop teacher trainings, which meant to creating manuals, creating a plan and a process and a language of fascia because fascia was not in the industry. Uh, and in 2010, I thought I'm going to simplify this method down so that my mom knows what I do as a living. Uh, and I set out to write the Melt Method book. It became a New York Times bestselling book. And today we've got uh, a second book called Melt Performance. We've got 2,500 instructors in 28 countries uh, who share Melt in group environments uh, and in one-on-one. -on -one. And uh, we also, again, on our side of the business, not only teach them the method, but also teach them the business side of uh, hands-off bodywork. And to me, what Melt is, is a bridge between the fitness industry and the therapeutic, manual therapeutic industry, where we're empowering people to learn how to apply manual therapy techniques to themselves. Uh, and I don't know, for, for a business, um, you know, our goal in this next year is to, we, you know, because uh, COVID made us move entirely online uh, and we successfully did that. I, I trained 1,500 people online very successfully uh, in the last year and a half. And we're gonna, we're expanding the growth. We have a new marketing team. We have a new platform. We have a new um, uh, uh, Melt SVOD platform where we do live classes as well as recorded classes. And I'm hoping that in this next year, we'll bring back the live uh, setting events uh, and, and kind of blend the two and uh, build this business in to what it should be, which I would say will become a $50 million business. I'm going to go ahead and put that number out there. All right, throw it out there. And Is your yeah. mother going to call right now? Indeed, maybe. It's like, she, Sue, please. She kind of knows Quit what it. I do now. That's awesome. <laughs> but yeah, so, so I, I, you know, we're hoping to bring that EBITDA up into the multiples of millions and um, perhaps put this business out in front of one of these exceptionally large hundreds of millions of dollar businesses that are here at the Ursa conference and um, sell it. Gotcha. Yeah. And then with the 2,500 Mount Method instructors around the world, are they doing this 100% of the time? Or is this part of, part of what they do within their... It, arsenal of, it's of, interesting. of therapies? Yeah, I mean, we, we have two channels. We have people who are in the fitness industries, Pilates, personal trainer, yoga, uh, group exercise of any sort. And then on the other side of it are manual therapists. And so many of them just use Melt as a vehicle to, again, in, empower their clients. Because just like on my practice, you work with somebody for an hour that does not equate change for the other 100 hours before you see them again. And this gives them that supplemental stuff to maintain the changes that you're 
you're making and actually accelerate their transformation faster, uh, you get to see more clients and build your business. A lot of our instructors though, who were Pilates say, I don't even really teach Pilates. I've been so successful with Melt. I do 90% Melt, 10% Pilates, and I'm doing these series events and live classes and online, and they've generated enough uh, revenue to bring their kids into college and buy their first car and buy their new house. And so I really feel very grateful that we've helped young entrepreneurs learn how to become better business people. That's great. So we kind of touched on a couple of things and we've got a lot of uh, use of the letter P, but if you were an entrepreneur looking back at your younger self, mm -hmm. um, you know, 20 years ago, what would you have told yourself then? And how intimidating would it be to your younger self to say, all right, I'm gonna, I need you to write two books. I need you to get a 2,500 instructors. I need you to build this business. I need you to help these X hundreds of thousands of people. And you would say like, come on, like, is that realistic? Maybe, I think, you know, if I look back, I think I always had an intuitive understanding that I was a spirit occupying a body and utilizing a mind to have a human experience. I remember being a kid and asking my dad, how did I get in this body and why am I here? And he said, I don't understand what you're asking. So wow. I think I'm having that- I'm having like deja vu right now for some reason. I do believe in that, by the way. <laughs> yeah, so I think, um, I think I've always had an innate belief that I, uh, when, when I started working with clients and, and having people say, it's amazing how you changed me, how you helped me. So I think I had that instilled belief and then it was, how could I, transform my life because my dad a long time ago, when he told me I should go to business school, I said, I'm never gonna own a business. He's like, are you kidding? You, you're so outspoken, nobody's gonna hire you. Like, you're gonna have to own your own business. That's why I said that. <laughs> yes. That's you're, you're, gonna have, you're gonna have to do it yourself, Sue. Do it the hard way. So I think I always knew that huh. I needed to. I had two entrepreneurial parents. I always did it for myself. And so I, I, uh, I'm not really sure. I would have changed anything. I think if anything, the belief that I had to do everything myself and do it the hard way was maybe the one message that my dad gave me that maybe kind of slowed down some of my process, but, but also I think it saved me from uh, you know, doing stupid investments or spending too much money too fast. And, you know, he, he was one of those guys that said, if you have a credit card, you gotta be able to pay that credit card off every month. You, it's not, you know, don't ever run a debt. So I don't know, I think, um, I think I always felt like I could contribute something to the world. I think we're all born here to, on this planet. I think we decide we're gonna become a human body again to feel again and have all these things, anxiety, depression, grief you know, but also love and abundance and touch. And, and um, I, I just feel really lucky that I get to hang out with people like you and this like-minded community of brilliant, loving people in the industry awesome. that, that want to transform lives. That's great. So in closing here, do you have any business quotes here that your, your mom or your dad had mentioned over time or maybe something you want to leave us with on, like, where did the, the term melt method come from? 
Maybe well, that's one I would start with. Well, well, Melt, I think when I was developing the methodology because I was talking about fascia and connective tissue was like not part of the fitness industry. Uh, and so Melt at first was an acronym for myofascial energetic length technique. But as I started to develop more techniques and embed it, and it went beyond just fascia and now it's neurofascia and understanding that, I took the periods away. And what we say with Melt is Melt is a is basically means taking a stiff, inflexible, unmalleable human body and restoring it back to a, a malleable, adaptable, um, uh, mobile mobile system. Uh, and, and I guess my, my last words to anybody who feels that they are an entrepreneur, if all you're doing your entrepreneurship is just to make money, I would give a little bit more purpose than just a financial gain to your, um, to your goal-oriented mindset and write it down. Write down what you want, uh, almost like you're creating a story of in five, you know, I, I always had a, in one year I'd like to achieve these things, in three years, in five years, in 10 years. And when I look back at my journals, I have mastered and actually gone beyond those milestones time and time again that's great write it down write it down write it down perfect it professionalize it and and get people you know ask people ask people don't be afraid to ask people but don't give all your ideas away i ran into that right i've had ideas taken you know i didn't know what an nda a non-disclosure agreement was right but i've always trademarked everything if you've got a good name a catchy title trademark things just you know the legal side of running a business is a super important aspect and that was definitely something my dad told me early on is make sure that you're you know you're putting your stuff down so you know like a poor man's copyright. I wrote stuff, I'd put it in an envelope, put it through the mail and never open it up, right? So the things we can do to protect ourselves, um, but again, get get yourself a board of advisors and you don't need to pay necessarily people to do that. If you've got people who love you and believe in you, they're gonna give you their advice, but you know, people have uh, advice, you know, just like people have ears and eyeballs, right? Yep, uh, so, you know, just take, take things in and then sit with it and write. Write down what you've learned and what might work for you and what might not. And if something doesn't smell right, taste right, or look right, it probably isn't right. And if it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Yeah, well, we've gone through that period of a, of a cycle here, too good to be true. Yeah. So look, it's been great having you on the show. Pleasure. Uh, best of luck. We're good friends with Brian, so I'm sure he'll be very I'm additive to the business so grateful. And, and a helpful, uh, you know, partner to drive drive it forward. Business guru. And, um, you know, you're officially a part of the Halo sector now. So I feel privileged. I can. I'm. I'm really grateful. You know, thank you guys for letting me, David. Be. Thank awesome. you very much. Really appreciate you guys and what you've done. Where, thank you. Where, where do you Where do you call home? Uh, well, I've been in New York for 35 years. I still have my place up there, but I moved down to uh, Naples in oh, Florida. Yeah, a, a husband passing away, and uh, COVID was enough to get me out of New York. And uh, so I'm living in paradise. That, live, uh, living in paradise. That's the, uh, it's close to the pickleball. Um, oh, God, know, pickleball. Uh, what, a pickleball weird, what a weird weird thing. It's yeah. like a mixture between wiffle ball, badminton, and bad tennis. I don't know. Well, it's a great place to go to a melt. <laughs> afterwards yes indeed you pickle yourself we're gonna we're gonna melt everybody in florida awesome you now honor a member of the book in the halo sector we will talk to you and do an update in a couple of years i see love where it. we're at well we'll check the journal and see what we're we're scheduled i'm so i'm so <laughs> grateful thank you awesome. so much good to have you on thanks man melt method